0: Hello, this is Shantae Johnson, and you're listening to the Daily Rhythms podcast on Anchor FM. Well, greetings, everyone. Uh, Welcome to another edition of Daily Rhythms. I am Vic, the Vic Man Hunter, your host. Today we are going to be talking about the spiritual disciplines of generosity and stewardship. Now, before you hit the stop button on your podcast app, when I say generosity, this is not a plea for money. Okay? Although, if you want to send me money, my address is 13... Okay, never mind. Oh, just kidding. Just kidding. But what you may not realize uh, is that generosity involves far more than money. That's where we normally go, right? But the Bible paints a broader picture of this topic, and I hope to share that um, in the few minutes we have today. So the outline for this episode is going to be as follows generosity with our time, generosity with our efforts, and generosity with our material gain. And before we get into the outline, um, I wanna cast a vision for the second piece to this, and that's stewardship. So I wanna hit this first. Stewardship is an important principle. If we don't understand this piece of the puzzle, the piece of generosity won't make sense. Let me tell you, folks, if you have um, a biblical understanding of stewardship, it makes you more generous because you realize that the things you have do not belong to you. So first, what is a steward, you might ask? I'm glad you asked that question. Incidentally, uh, by the way, when when I was a young preacher uh, starting out, I kept pronouncing the word steward instead of steward. So I cringed every time I went back to those uh, old sermons. Anyway, according to the Oxford Dictionary of Languages, the job of a steward is supervising... Or taking care of something such as an organization or property at your job you are given certain tasks or responsibilities to do for your company you are a steward over those tasks and responsibilities ever thought of that if you are um, a manager or a supervisor you are a steward over your employees if you are leading a ministry at your local church you are a steward over that ministry if you are a parent you are a steward over your kids so this role plays out in all sorts of situations and we are called to give an account over those responsibilities Namely, by God. He is the master. I know we don't like that word. And we are his servants. So in a big way, God gives us three things when we enter this world. Time, effort, and material gain. And he expects us to be good stewards over those things. Remember what happened with Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5? Let me set the scene for you and then read the passage. In in chapter 4, the Holy Spirit worked in the, the midst of these early believers in such a way that they had a huge benevolence drive where people were selling land and houses and bringing the proceeds to the apostles. The apostles would then distribute them to all who had need. This is the spirit in which the church should operate today, right? Now I'll read the passage. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge Did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. So this couple withheld their money and only gave half to the relief effort. But here's the kicker, folks. It wasn't even about the money, right? It was about the fact that they lied not to Peter but to the Holy Spirit. That was a pretty serious deal. And Peter even said, the money was yours, man, to give any way you chose. But the issue was their attitude in the giving. It was half-hearted and not within the spirit of giving at all. Plus, they had an opportunity to be generous with what God had blessed them with and they squandered it. And who knows, they may have even been blessed with more, if their hearts had been right. Now I said this was not going to be primarily about money, but I want you to get two principles here. Generosity and stewardship. Generosity and stewardship. Ananias and Sapphira... Failed at both. So with that long-winded introduction, I used to be a preacher after all, let's jump right into the outline. Let's talk about generosity with time. Here's the truth. God gives us each 24 hours a day. He doesn't give time to one person and withhold from another. Everyone is given an equal amount of time, but we are stewards of how we use that time. Now let me tell you, I can waste some time with the best of them. I can watch four episodes of Green Acres, four episodes of Perfect Strangers, and four episodes of Gomer Pyle, just to name a few of my faves without even thinking about it. It's called vegging. But I'm coming to realize that that time could be spent doing so much more. I could be reading and memorizing scripture, exercising, ugly word, reading good books or articles that would benefit my life, or helping out, praying for, or encouraging a friend in a difficult situation but it's so much easier to give in to the things we want to do rather than the things we need to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching TV or playing sports or uh, watching YouTube videos or looking at Facebook or uh, Twitter. But what I am saying is that these things have to be viewed in perspective. And we have to maintain a healthy balance between these things and the things that benefit our lives and the lives of those around us. When I read Psalm 90, um, I'm reminded of the transitory nature of our lives and the importance of how we spend our time. Look with me at verse 10 of Psalm 90. Moses, who wrote this psalm, says, The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. And then in verse 12, he prays, So teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. According to Moses, there is wisdom in considering our days here on this earth. Next, there's the stewardship of our efforts. Being generous takes effort. How many of us have heard about a need in our church? Uh, Maybe uh, a family has lost their home in a flood or, or fire and we pull out our checkbook, write a check, pop it in the mail, and we're done. Now, I'm not minimizing the writing of the check. That's, that's important. But what if we took that uh, one step further and went and sat with their family in their grief and their loss? That takes more effort. That takes more sacrifice, if you will. What if you have a friend who is really deep in a sin struggle or coping with a divorce or a a practical son or daughter, and they're really struggling? It's one thing to dash off a text with a helpful scripture, and again, I'm not minimizing that, but it's another thing to invite that friend for coffee and pray with them and encourage them and, and maybe even share scripture. But in a more uh, personal and intimate context, that generosity and stewardship of our time takes effort. The most dramatic way we see this played out in Scripture is the story of the, the prodigal uh, I'm sorry the Samaritan, Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. Jesus is answering a lawyer's question about the definition of the term neighbor. Here's how he answers. Jesus replied, in verse 30, Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers. He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Here's a man who's traveling down the road to Jericho, minding his own business. Uh, Maybe uh, he's going to the market or uh, visiting a family or, or friends. The one thing he wasn't counting on that day was a mugging. So he's beaten and left for dead by robbers. Two people pass by, both good upstanding religious folk, mind you, and pass on by. Think New York City. Sorry if you're from New York. But the one person you wouldn't expect to stop and help this Jewish man was a Samaritan. They were hated by the Jews. Samaritans were considered the scourge of the earth. In fact, Jews and Samaritans would cross to the other side of the street to avoid one another. Think relationships between blacks and whites in the 60s. But Jesus focuses on this one Samaritan who took the time to care for this man. He bound up his wounds, took him to an inn, and paid for his care. He even told the innkeeper that if there was anything lacking, he would pay it on his way back through. So in the context of our discussion today, a neighbor is someone who takes the extra effort to be generous enough to care for someone in need. You don't even have to know the person. You just have to have a spirit of generosity that allows you to care. So if we've seen what it means to be generous with our time, our efforts, and now to round things out, we're going to talk about being generous with our material gain. If you notice, the Good Samaritan was generous with all three. Growing up in the church, um, I heard countless pitches for money by preachers. I, I remember thinking once, who wants to be guilt-led into giving money? Seemed like a lousy approach. Guilt always is, by the way. So if giving money to a church Or another worthy cause, unimportant? Not at all. But we need to understand that it all goes back to stewardship. Everything we have, including money, belongs to God. He owns it all. A couple of texts to consider. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 says, The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. And this from Psalm 50, verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything literally belongs to God. It's his, and we get to borrow it. But there are terms to our borrowing his stuff. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. That's what stewardship is all about, being trustworthy over somebody else's stuff. This includes money. This, does, this um, doesn't just apply to putting money into the collection plate. Uh, we have a program at our church uh, in which families allow their homes and cars to be used by our missionaries who are on furlough. So it's broader than just money. You can invite single people who are um, on a college budget to have dinner with you and your family. When I was in college, Um, I spent many a meal with families and enjoyed every bite. They even included me in their holidays. The point is, whatever you have in the way of material gain is to be shared with others as a way of fulfilling the stewardship agreement you have with God. When our kids were smaller, we had a motto when it came to stewardship sow some, save some, and spend some. That's the basic principle of stewardship. I pray that this episode has been helpful to you. I can't wait for the next time we're together for another episode of Daily Rhythms. God's blessings and continue to draw closer to King Jesus.